0: All right, so in today's sports med video, we're looking specifically at soft tissue injuries. Now, when you look at your syllabus uh, on the left hand side, it says the soft tissue injuries that you need to be able to uh, identify, describe, talk about, etc., are uh, tears, sprains, and contusions, skin abrasions, lacerations, blisters and the inflammatory response, which is part of a soft tissue injury. So that's the stuff you need to learn about. What you then need to learn to do is manage your soft tissue injuries uh, using two different methods. The first method is our RICER method. So rest, ice, compression, elevation, and referral. And our second method is looking at the immediate treatment of skin type injuries. So we're gonna go through all of that in this video right now. Let's do it. Okay, so our f- let's turn over here. Our first set of soft tissue we're looking at are our tears, sprains, and contusions. So a tear, okay, um, or otherwise known as a strain, so the word tear and strain can be used uh, one or the other. It is a disruption of the fiber of a muscle or a tendon, okay, from overstretching or contracting too quickly without adequate physical preparation. Now, I like to remember this with the letter T, okay, so tears, tears a tendons, okay? And then strain, strain has a T in it, tears, strains, tendons. So if you remember um, from your year 11 stuff, a tendon is something that attaches a muscle to bone, okay? So when I do this with my arm, what's happening is my bicep is going past my elbow joint and attaching down here on my forearm. And then to, for me to go like this, okay, that bicep muscle contracts and then it pulls on my forearm like this. Okay? So there is a tendon that goes from my bicep to the bone. A tear or a strain is therefore when that tendon um, is actually torn, okay? Or there's a disruption of fibers there. So it doesn't have to be like completely torn off, but there can be some, some significant damage there, or if it's actually just in the muscle itself. So I've got a, like a nice little picture here of this. So you've got, a, you've got a muscle, you've got the tendon which attaches it to a bone, and that tendon there has had some significant damage, all right? So that is a tear or what we call a strain. The other one is a sprain. So it's the same sort of thing. It's a tear caused by overstretching, but this time we're looking at ligaments, okay? Which attaches bone to bone and supports your joints. So that once again, you should remember this from year 11. So tears, tendons, sprains, ligaments. So then I've got uh, this one here. Uh, This is like a knee joint, okay? You've got your ACL in the front. You've got an MCL on the midline and you've got your LCL on the outside. So let's say uh, my MCL, which is on the middle of my knee, let's say I twist my knee in a weird way, which causes overstretching, okay, because it shouldn't be stretched that way. Or let's say I'm in a tackle in rugby league and someone hits me from the outside of my knee, caves that way and that MCL sort of just overstretches so it can become elongated or it can actually just be torn, all right, hence the word tear. That is what we call a sprain because it involves a ligament. So the easy way to remember the the best definition that you need to remember for these two is that they're basically, they're both uh, can be torn fibers. they both can be caused by overstretching, um, except one specifically affects the muscle and tendon and the other one specifically affects a ligament. And yes, you will need to know the difference between the two. And our third one in this um, first set is a contusion. So contusion is simply bleeding into soft tissue caused by a direct blow or from fiber disruption around a joint or muscle. So the best way that you guys already know this is bruising. So anytime there is bleeding underneath the skin, okay, or bleeding into the skin itself, you will get discoloration, you'll be able to see it. Okay, so that can occur from, let's say I get um, you know, hit in the leg of a cricket ball, I get like a nice shiner on my thigh there and then I get a nice bruise, or let's say, let's go back here, um, or even here, let's say that's my hamstring and I have, sorry, I I have a torn hamstring, okay, so I've I've strained my hamstring. At the back of my leg there, where it inserts, um, you actually might notice some, like, discoloration. So that's our tears, sprains, and contusions. All right, so I want me (laughs) to... When we're looking at our soft tissue injuries being tears, sprains, and contusions, um, the management of those injuries include the protocol of RISA. So the aims of RISA are five things, to prevent further damage okay, to the injured site, minimize swelling, which is inflammation, which I'll get to again in this video when we look at inflammatory response, easing of pain, okay? Um, The reduction of scar tissue, okay, there's always gonna be scar tissue when there is um, significant damage, but we wanna reduce that as much as possible so that we can um, increase our mobility. And therefore, by doing all these things, we should be able to reduce rehabilitation or recovery time so that the athlete can get exercising again sooner. So now I'm gonna go through our five steps of RISA. All right, (laughs) so managing our soft tissue injuries, tears, sprains and contusions, we've got RISA. So these are five steps and you always um, follow these steps. Um, They don't necessarily need to be done in order, unlike uh, the other methods that you're gonna learn about in this unit. But each of these five steps does need to be completed for the athlete. Um, And if you are asked a question in an assessment task or your test um, regarding this, you need to be able to cover all five and have the details here. So soft tissue injury. Rest the first one. Immediate cessation of activity. Cessation means stop. If you're unaware. So the injury. So let's let's take. Um, I'll use a common example for this video. Let's use a soccer player um, strained hamstring. Okay, playing a game, gone to the, gone down clinging onto his hamstring, okay? So immediate cessation of activity, you don't ask that player to then get up and keep playing. You don't ask them to um, get up and walk off the field. You try and you just leave them where they are and you go and address them. Complete rest of the injured site for 48 to 72 hours. So that's two or three days if you're not good with math. So hamstring, you support the athlete, get them off the field, no more no more work. The next one is ice. So. Ice works by um, causing the blood vessels um, underneath our skin to vasoconstrict, which basically means that they they get tighter. So it makes it harder for blood to get pushed through your body. Um, And therefore, by having less blood at the area, it will reduce inflammation and therefore, uh, and sorry, and also reduce the pain. And a reduction in inflammation and a reduction in pain, um, not necessarily the pain, but the inflammation part means that you'll be able to start rehabilitation sooner um, and recovery time will be a lot quicker. So the ice should be applied for 20 minutes on, every two hours, for 48 to 72 hours. So it's the same time frame. So for those two or three days, every so 20 minutes, every two hours, you should be putting ice directly on the injured site. Okay. That has been proven to um, drastically reduce inflammation and therefore get uh, the athlete back to um, full mobility quicker. To assist um, with the eye step, we've also got the compression step. So compression, once again, assisting vasoconstriction reduces their swelling and inflammation, um, which is done by basically stopping Uh, Making it harder for once again the blood to go to the injured site. So, what we're doing is you're getting a large elastic bandage, okay, wrapping it directly around the injured site um, and then just like above and below the injured site too. You don't need to go all the way up and down a limb like a snake bite, for example. But let's say if it's my knee that's done, you would do my knee. Oh no, sorry, we're talking about a hamstring. So, you do your hamstring here, okay, and then probably just go down to just above your knee and you might come up and do your glute as well, um, just to And the bandage should be tight without cutting off circulation, but we do want it tight to support that vasoconstriction for once again, 48 to 72 hours. (coughs) So our next one, our fourth um, fourth stage is elevation. Um, Once again, helping reducing vasoconstriction and specifically in this time, blood pooling, okay? Um, So what we're trying to do is elevate the injured site as high as possible. Um, Ideally, you're gonna be able to elevate it above the heart so that's gonna be hard with my hamstring unless I'm just like laying flat in a bed and I've got my leg up in a sling um, for 48 72 hours, which you, you know, would see in some serious cases. Uh, but we do wanna try and um, get the injured site up as high as possible because that way gravity is not assisting blood going to that injured site. The less blood at the site means there's less information. Less information means faster recovery. And our last one here is our referral. So even though we can be really good sports med people and we can do all this stuff and we can tell our athletes to do all this stuff, the athlete still should be seeking immediate medical attention, ideally from a doctor, but if not a physio, to check out, you know, the extent of the injury, Um, make sure it's not too severe. Okay, so what you think might be just a sprain or a strain could be something really bad and they may need surgery, um, which, you know, ice and compression isn't gonna do much for, but they do need to get that um, referral from their doctor to obviously get that attention. Because the sooner they can be seen by someone um, more qualified than ourselves, they'll be able to commence their rehabilitation sooner and therefore get back to playing faster. So that is our RISA. So commonly in an exam, you'll be given a question uh, that says like an athlete is doing this thing, um, explain or identify the injury. So you'll be able to do it like soft tissue injury and if it's soft injury, you would then apply RISA. If it's hard tissue, we would apply something else, which we will talk about in our next video. So that's that part. So now we need to get onto our skin injuries. All right, so now we're looking at our skin injuries, which are another type of soft tissue injury. So we've got skin abrasions, lacerations, and blisters. So a skin abrasion or an abrasion is just when the outer layer or layers of skin are removed, usually from a scraping action, and you would know this as a graze, okay? So imagine you know, you're, you're riding your bike down the road, you, you know, you're going hell fast at like 12 kilometers per hour and you come off and you, you, know, you get your knee or your leg or, or something done on the road. Okay, that skin comes off, it's bleeding, there's open wounds and stuff, you've got like dirt and gravel in it. Um, it's an abrasion, okay? So the wound should be cleaned from dirt and gravel um, just to stop infection. Uh, and depending on the depth of the abrasion means that you will either need to, you should either A, seek medical attention, um, or B, you know, just bandage it up and get on with life, take some cement. So here is my awesome drawing. So if you can imagine with our abrasion, what's happened is you've scraped your leg, And let's say we've taken off uh, the top two layers of skin like that. Okay, so the skin is still intact. You might get some little blood seeping, you know, through the wound up here. Okay, but it's not it's not too major. All right. If your abrasion is that intense from the the gravel. So like when like a motorbike riders come off and they're not wearing protection, they take off all the layers of skin. Okay, and it's just like muscle and bone is exposed. That's not the type of stuff you're bandaging up, okay? That is like straight to the hospital kind of stuff. So that is our abrasion. Our next one is our laceration. So you would know this as a cut, right? So slice through one or more layers of the skin. Uh, the depth will dictate the need for stitches or not. Um, so we've got our three layers of skin, epidermis, dermis, hypodermis. So imagine we've taken, I don't know, a knife or let's think of something sporty, a javelin, okay? And it's gone into the skin and Cut. So if we just go like, so we've gone into our third layer of skin there, but it's still intact. So you'll obviously get some some bleeding coming out through here. All right. Um, three layers of skin. You're probably going to definitely need some stitches for that one. And our last one is our blister. So blisters um, are caused from heat or friction, okay, which cause inflammation between the layers of skin. Now i don't know what you've been told you don't pop blisters okay popping blisters will open up the wound for infection and then it can take um the healing a while longer if you simply bandage a blister or put band-aids over it and let it heal of its own accord the inflammation will eventually be um and the fluid will eventually be reabsorbed by the body and the blister will go away so what that looks like here is let's just say we've got um the two our top two layers of skin so nothing bad just a new pair of shoes and you've got this bubble Fluid here, which means that the top layer of skin now goes like that. Okay, not under there. So that's our blister, all right? And if we just like put some bandit on it, that fluid will eventually go back into the body and it'll all be good. But if you pop it, you could disrupt the layers of skin, cause bleeding, cause infection, Um, yeah, bad stuff. So there are our skin uh, injuries. And now we need to talk about, um, according to the syllabus, the immediate treatment of skin injuries, why it's important and how you do it. All right, so we've got our immediate treatment of skin injuries. So this is when we're talking about our skin abrasions, lacerations and blisters. So there are sort of three goals and there is generally one method of doing that. So the first one is infection control. So not only is infection control important for the person who's hurt, okay, so if somebody grazes their knee, we don't want um, that wound to become infected and therefore take longer to recover because the goal here is to reduce recovery time as much as possible. But infection control also applies to the first aider. So if you remember your first aid from Year Eleven, that means that the first aider should be using gloves and definitely sterile bandages for the wound, etc. If you're going to apply gauze or pressure or anything, you need that stuff needs to be sterilised too, um, with the goal of obviously protecting the first aider from infection and pre- protecting the wound itself from getting infected. The second one is that we want to minimise blood loss, and by minimising blood loss, we're actually minimising tissue damage. Okay, so. Muscle um, and tissues in the body are living things. They require oxygen um, and iron to survive. And if blood seeps out of them too much, it will have a lack of oxygen, lack of iron in the tissue itself, and therefore become degraded and um, become damaged. So we wanna minimize that. And the way that we do that, and this is the way that we treat um, soft tissue injuries, we apply direct pressure to the open wound to assist in the blood clotting process, um, and therefore assist in the healing. So even though it's going to hurt, okay, it probably already hurts from the graze or the cut, but then you're going to get something sterile like a gauze or a bandage. You can go straight on the site and you just hold it. Um, ideally, you're going to get the uh, patient to hold it there themselves, but if they're in too much pain, you can hold it for them, all right? And you're going to hold that there until it clots, until it stops bleeding, all right? And by doing that, what we're doing is we're actually promoting the healing process and therefore reducing recovery time and getting our athlete or our person back on their feet sooner. Cool. One more thing to cover, which is our inflammatory response. Alright, so the last thing you need to understand what's going on here with our soft tissue injuries is our inflammatory response. So inflammatory response is the initial healing phase of the body, um, which is what we call the acute inflammatory phase. So if something is short term, um, we call it acute, and if something is long term, we call it chronic. So acute inflammatory um, phase, it lasts 48 to 72 hours. So hopefully you'll see that those numbers here are starting to match up with the first aid protocols that we or sorry, the sportsman protocols that we were doing earlier um, with our RISA method. So what happens is that when your body detects um, that there is a soft tissue injury in your body, it will increase blood flow to the area and other fluids, so like white blood cells and all that kind of stuff, to the injured site. So that's your body's mechanism for actually protecting the wound and shuttling nutrients to assist in the healing process, okay? What it actually does is your body, um, it's very smart and very intelligent, but it will overcompensate, okay? So if you've got like a, let's say I <clears throat> strain a hamstring, playing soccer again, my body will send way more um, building blocks, so blood, nutrients, white blood cells, fluid, etc., to that site, okay? than then is necessary. And in doing so, what it's actually doing is it will prevent mobility, so loss of mobility. So um, if I give you another example, which you've all probably experienced, if you sprain your ankle, okay, so that means like you roll your ankle, so the ligaments on the outside of your ankle joint um, become overstretched. You wake up the next day and you will you limp because you can't move your ankle anymore because your body has sent so much stuff to it that it causes loss of mobility. And that is one of the ways in which the body will heal itself. Because if you keep moving an injured site, you're not gonna give it enough rest and recovery. So the body's smart that way, but it does send too much stuff. Hence why we need to control the inflammatory response by doing the um, rest ice compression elevation. So those four steps of the RISA protocol. So inflammation or the inflammatory response is characterized by redness at the site, um, heat, so you can feel it. It feels hot compared to other parts in your body. Obviously swelling, which you can mostly see sometimes, um, pain at the site and loss of mobility. So by doing the rest ice compression elevation, what we're doing is we're decreasing the amount of stuff that goes to the injured site to be able to assist um, the healing process, but we're not stopping it completely. So your body will still be able to send enough um, blood, nutrients and fluid to the injured site to heal, um, but it won't overcompensate because we're um, vasoconstricting and therefore the athlete is able to start their recovery and rehabilitation sooner and get back to playing their sport or event quicker. So yeah, that was inflammatory response. And overall, that was the end of our soft tissue injuries video. Thanks, bye.